0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fintech Focus TV with me Toby Babb and today we are revisiting one of my favourite clients, a company who we've known for some time, and another business that has been listed in the Financial Technologies mag- magazine's listing of the most influential fintechs of 2021. Back in the summer of last year, we were delighted to bring Brian Hunt of Cloud9 Technologies onto the show. And tonight, or today, we're delighted to bring in to you David Midget, the CTO of the same company, Cloud9 Technologies. David, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me on, Toby. really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, and listen—it's a—it's a company I've been looking at for uh, for a long, long time now, and and it's been one of phenomenal growth. And I think uh, what I've what I've always loved, and particularly over this last year, has been speaking to companies who've who've added real value over the course of the last year. And when I spoke to Brian last summer, it was a story of a business there that that was, I guess, sort of really uh, well positioned to provide you know, uh, solutions to the problems that everyone uh, was was having. And as a, as a result of that the business was moving from strength to strength and uh, growing in all all sort of areas and and, uh, things were going well. I believe that that's continued as we as we go through. So we'll come on to all of that in a minute. But before we do that, David, give us a little bit of uh, a background about yourself, if you would, and uh, and the story of Cloud9.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I've been with Cloud9 um, since fairly early days, about four plus years. Um, My background is really in building out large scale platforms on the Internet and SaaS services. So I'm, I'm really a builder, and um, that's what I've been focused on since I got here. Come a, definitely a long way, both in terms of expanding global presence and in terms of the product and getting it um, to meet all the requirements for voice trading for tier ones or institutional banks. But my you know my experience with scale, resiliency, um, global performance is really um, I think you know key key driver in making sure that this product can meet the,
0: the needs of our customers. And those uh, those needs of those customers shifted a fair amount I imagine over the, the last year or so. And as a as a, uh, as a CTO, I guess one of the things that that, that, that can create is an awful lot of uh, stress. we've seen it we've seen a seismic shift in the marketplace uh, and with that and when you when, you know when it's a business that's as customer orientated as Cloud 9, I imagine that comes with a fair amount of responsibility to make sure you're adapting and listening to those customers and making sure you're providing solutions to the specific and very quickly changing problems that all of them face particularly in the voice trading world tell me a little bit about about the uh, you know the 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 speed of change and the speed of technology uh, technological innovation that you need to adapt to
1: yeah i think you know this is a, a disruptive technology so we've come into a market that's largely been traditional trading turrets and private wires and yeah. that's one thing that really attracted me to uh, join cloud nine But you know, there's a lot we have to listen to, so we really need to hear uh, the needs of our customers, and it can vary whether it's a broker, um, buy-side, or tier one bank. So those are a lot of the drivers. I think, you know, you have uh, a lot of tier ones that are talking about moving all of their workloads to the cloud and all of their compute, and a lot of what's driving that is the data, the access to the data, the ability to analyze it, and... Now, even more so than ever, the ability to work remotely, to work from anywhere. So uh, pre-COVID, you know, we were focused on a lot of those um, trading features, workflows, and voice functionality, and we certainly had to pivot. You know, I think as as we came into the pandemic, um, we had to be nimble. There was a lot of uh, work to do. Not only did we shift our own company to 100% remote overnight, but we had a lot of our own customers that we're scrambling to do the same thing, mm-hmm. but given we're already a cloud platform, you know that that's inherent to what we do. So we, we did a lot of work with scaling. We did a lot of work to onboard new firms. I think in the first couple months we grew fifty percent of our user base. So that certainly created you know a lot of uh, a lot of work for the teams. But then also coming out of that, you know, we had a lot of things that that we needed to listen to um, as well to make our product even. Better for for remote users. Better for um, being able to have access to data anywhere and so on.
0: I love I love the focus of that. The, the listen to our customers as opposed to tell our customers, and I think that's been a feature of the businesses that I've seen certainly over the course of the last year who, who've who've really thrived. Are those who are who are listening? Look, you used the uh, the word pivot there. That has various different reactions when people say it in the tech world. Right? Pivot is either. Uh, we've got this wrong and we're having to change or or we have, uh, and I think this has probably been somewhat I think probably 18 months ago, pivot was a wrong strategy. Right now, uh, it's when you, know, when you had your strategy wrong and you're trying something else. Right now, I think when you use the word pivot, you're talking about something there, which is adapting to a very rapidly changing customer problem set that allows you to provide a solution uh, in line with what you want to do, but answering very specific problems. And when you, you're you sat there talking about customer needs and talking about listening rather than telling, I think that's probably been one of the great reasons why you guys have, have, have thrived so strongly over the course of the last year, alongside this very sort of uh, clear institutionalized sh- or institutional shift to the cloud, which I think is, has been really interesting, right? Because you know, it's been a decade of, of almost resistance to cloud technology within the FS space, or certainly uh, difficult to getting around legacy systems that are embedded in, you know, embedded in their enterprise systems. And I love the fact that this has been a sort of accelerant to to cloud technology within the the FS markets. Tell me a little bit about what you've seen and and uh, your view of the rapid acceleration of cloud technology in the space and and what that means.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I see the leadership in tier one banks are being more vocal about this, about moving um, all of their data to the cloud. I think the ability to analyze that data, have the access, use AI, it, it becomes a competitive advantage. This is really, I think, accelerated. It does take uh, a mind shift uh, or mindset change and some resolve to actually do that, to take your systems that you know maybe have been reliable running on-prem and migrate them over. But really, once you start doing that, you see there's so much more inherent value to the cloud. There's the global resiliency, there's a um, scale that's really difficult to replicate on your own. And I think that, you know, was accelerated by COVID. I think, you know, certainly for, for any that were hesitant, it became the fuel to sort of tip them over that pivot point, as, as you mentioned. So that's been, you know, really great to see. You know, over 10 years, it's been a, a very large change on that time frame. In the last year, I think I've seen more adoption and, and embracing of the cloud is really being ready, really being the, the best strategic advantage for firms. So that's, to me, that's really been great to see, to see yeah. that kind shift over time.
0: Do you think it would have happened without this? Do you think that it would, it would have, you know, do you think we'd be still waiting another five years for for the, for the penny to drop or has this been, you know, I struggle to say this any more empathetically than sort of like a, uh, a necessary evil for for tech advancement in in this space? Uh,
1: I don't think the the pandemic specifically, you know, um, was the biggest driver. I think everybody already recognized it. It was really, you know, taking the the resolve to do it. And it certainly had an accelerating effect, but we were, you know, already in a lot of different projects with different tier ones to look at their systems, to, to look at how to migrate them. And, you know, I think we were just well positioned um, at a time when when the, the need increased. So I think that was a big factor. But it's, you know, I think it's a natural progression. Um, this is a bit of a disruptive technology for voice. And I think everything just sort of came together, you know, at a time when we were able to really help people out and keep their businesses um, flowing and efficient when they're suddenly, you know, going from, Trading floors to living rooms
0: and virtual trading environments. So bedrooms. I've seen every. I've seen everything on this show over the last uh, (laughs) the last year or so. We've been in bedrooms, garages, uh, front rooms, kitchen tables, and everywhere in between. It's been yeah, it's been a, a very different world, hasn't it? The the other thing we were talking about with with Brian on a on a show. Where he came alongside Oliver Blower at Vox Smart and uh, Travis over at Ventus Systems as well, where we were talking a lot about the sort of advancement of interoperability and the importance of regulatory and, and, and uh, regulatory technology and security and everything that was happening in that space as well. That as a as a person in your position as a chief technology officer, you you, uh, you know, uh, mentioned it earlier on as well. There is an awful lot of uh, of complexity around the regulation that would have happened, uh, particularly around voice trading that we've. Uh, solutions that we've seen over the course of the last year. As a CTO in a, in a business that saw that sort of volume of increased traffic and, and workload and uh, and everything in between, tell me a little bit about how you've managed that and some of the, uh, the, the the sort of issues and opportunities that you found over that period as well.
1: You know, we are the largest fully cloud-based voice trading platform for regulated users. So that's, that's a really a key thing in meeting tier one requirements is that we have the data capture, that we have the ability to make sure that calls are being recorded, to make sure they have the metadata to find those recordings. But on top of that, you know, we have a rich source of, of data that they can ingest through our APIs. And that helps both from compliance and surveillance standpoint, but also it helps for them to analyze the data, to get competitive advantage, to see their own trading platforms and productivity of their traders. So I think that's um, one of the things we offer. We've already had the support for all the trading call flows and messaging types from shout-downs, ring-down, intercom, dial-tone. The fact that everything we offer is delivered over the cloud, it's a global solution, it's login anywhere. We do have uh, compliance uh, regulations uh, that we have to help our customers meet throughout the world, and those can vary. So that certainly is um, some complexity, but that's something that we've been working on since the company really started. So I think we've yeah. been ahead of the game there. I think we've been ready for that. And you know, for regulated users, we support both on-prem and cloud-based capture, depending on what the customer needs for uh, voice data. You know, the, the trading intelligence that that offers I think surpasses what was really possible before with legacy trading platforms. The ability to integrate that data with back office systems or, or their own you know, data warehouse or data sciences departments to, to get competitive advantage is a big one. The other things we have is really high voice quality. So that that's also great for the end user, but it also opens up a lot of opportunities for data mining just because the ability to transcribe high-quality voice data is a lot um, easier than transcribing legacy uh, voice recordings. So that's another big driver. But Ultimately, implementation is lightweight. We check the boxes for all the regulatory compliance, disaster recovery requirements. And if a firm's looking to be nimble with a voice solution, this really is the the way to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's... uh... Yeah, when when you talk about that sort of, I, I think you mentioned before, competitive advantage and the need to be nimble, these are, these are customer specific issues which have have gained greater weight over the last twelve months than perhaps ever before. Always important, but now thrust thrust more to the to the forefront. When you've been Spending that time listening to customers, and, and and I know that will come through your account managers and customer success teams, through to you to be translated and dealt through. What are, what are some of the sort of key themes that people have been saying that they need that help with, and and how have you guys sort of positioned yourself to to uh, innovate and provide those solutions? What are some of the steps you've taken?
1: Okay, yeah, so. One of the things we started working on um, even before the pandemic was improved workflows to support buy-side workflows and also um, ease of using the interface itself, but also the ability to have uh, remote control of the interface through a more more turret-like user experience. So that helps with adoption. What we've done with that is we have developed the new version of C9 Trader Stratus Um, That really gives a lot of new ability to customize workflows to make it much easier to um, do complex call types. And with the Cloud Hub, we have a USB solution that's plug and play. It's a low-cost device, which is optional, but it has extremely high voice quality. You have uh, speakers, microphone. You have the ability to have a turret-like experience. So it really makes that transition, whether you're going from a trading floor to home with this device very seamless so that's one of the ways that we've answered you know answered that call from our customers the other is support for things like vdi um not only in the office but remote vdi support for things like citrix so that if people are doing a hybrid between part-time on the trading floor part-time at home that we have a fairly seamless user experience that's been another you know big ask for our customers it's been you know, a lot of development work for that as well uh, but that's two of
0: the areas that we've been focusing on for the last six months. It's fascinating, isn't it? And and, uh, and I love that that sort of ability, as you say to have things there which are, are taking on board, you know, serious issues and, and 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 thinking about how you can accelerate those uh you know those solutions to them in such a such a nimble way. You mentioned as well about the the, the sort of fact we're, we're talking from bedrooms and spare rooms and living rooms and home offices <laughs> etc. As as all of that sort of thing, and, and, and I think you, you intimated earlier on that uh, yeah, as your customers are all getting used to working from home, you seamlessly moved into it yourselves. Seamlessly moving into it is, is I think, in tech companies been something which has been re- you know, relatively normal over the course of the last year. So it wasn't the biggest uh, change that anyone had. But to take on the increased volumes and grow your teams in a hybrid manner in some instances or completely remotely in others, there's been challenges that I think people have got particularly right. And I know that you guys have grown and, and uh, expanded within that. As a leader of a, of a technology team, I imagine some of whom you still may not have met so far. And you, and you talk specifically as well about a globalised team, where I know this is an international uh, operation for you. Talk to me about some of the challenges you've, enju- you've enjoyed there. Because as a CTO, I think this is sometimes uh, underestimated about the size and scale of the challenge. It sort of sort of, almost gets for- forgotten a little bit but with the increase in, in flow and, and uh, you know, general busyness for, for you plus a completely different way of working tell me how you specifically have, have adapted to all of this yeah I
1: think you know we do have uh, an office where our sort of all of our key people um, work and collaborate we already were positioned to work remotely so you know that was more of just a change immediate change in location. Um, that wasn't really the hardest thing. I think initially there was some concern we'd lose productivity. What we actually saw was, you know, a little more the opposite. I think in a lot of ways with the immediate challenge of scaling out the platform with some of the immediate, um, needs of the customers, we were able to focus like really well working remotely and we were able to communicate internally really well in part because we, we use our own product. We've been using our own product. So with the you know the cloud hub or C9 trader, I can push a button and I can immediately be talking to anybody, um, anybody that I work with. We all run the application, we have layouts a lot like traders would. So that really helped create a feel of still being connected. And I think the, the fact that we already were used to doing that made it very natural. So I think certainly there were challenges, but I, I think on that front, um, I feel like we did really well. The other challenges we're really, you know, immediately scaling. So as I mentioned, we grew 50% in just a couple of months. So we had a lot of, you know, late nights and a lot of time with our DevOps and, and cloud engineering department to scale the systems out. unfortunately, you know, we are cloud-based products. We're hosted in the cloud. So we were able to do that very quickly by leveraging, um, you know, the resources and the scale that the cloud has. So while it was a lot of work, we had the right tooling, we had um, we have really great people and a really great dedicated team, so we're able to rise
0: to meet that challenge. I think it's a really important part of what you said there, and I'm glad you did say it because because yeah, uh, you know, I think that fact of having a really great team has been so important. And uh, you know, I look at what I call the golden threads of those companies, and I've spoken to and, and analyzed and read the review in the magazine and, and what people were writing in the financial technologies for all of the companies that were linked into those most influential companies, and my job over the last year has been to sort of really sort of talk and, and uh, discuss and understand some of the challenges of businesses that that they've been going through in technology companies over the last year. And overwhelmingly the ones that have been, uh, I I guess the best position to thrive, to grow have been those who've been able to rely on a trusted team and then bring real talent into their team. And this has been a good time actually to be able to acquire and, and bring good talent into uh, sturdy successful and growing growing businesses at the same sort of time as well talk to me about your people and how you how you guys have managed to get that so right over the years because it, you know it isn't a uh, uh you know a long-term enterprise established business this has been a company i've sort of tracked for some time been uh, yeah had a great start to life and, and and done that by hiring you know consistently well talk to me about the about the team and how you've managed to to do that and, and keep and retain a really strong unit that's allowed you to to thrive over this period yeah
1: you know i think the culture and um the the quality of management you know really started at the beginning with the founders so steve kammerer leo papadopoulos jerry star you know they they started the company and they really know uh voice trading they know the industry they understand the criticality and they understand the call flow so i think that was an advantage but also it's the culture that they bring so you know, I joined a company that I felt had a real real culture, real family type of feel. It was, you know, smaller but growing. And I think, you know, we've hired a lot of good people. We have a lot of very dedicated engineers that are talented, both in the UI side and the media side to create the, the kind of audio quality that you need for trading for. And, you know, even down to, to sales professional service, like it's it's just really... A company that is close knit and has a really solid work ethic. So, yeah. that really, you know, like we said, that's one of the core uh, the things that's needed for a company to be successful. You've got to be aligned, you've got to have good communication. Um, and that's, you know, I think, also the key to being remote is you have to have that communication. You know, part of that does come with relationships. Um, that part's a little harder, I think, for new people coming in, but mm. tried very hard to kind of to instill that even in, in the joiners that came in, in the last year. So that's I think. That's tell, the, tell me
0: how you've done that, because, because I've spoken to various different people who've done that in various different ways. And it has been the challenge. Right. And uh, even growing now in our in our business and bringing people in into the company. We, we, you know, we're constantly trying to make sure that we give them that best experience. And, and I think you're, you're right there about those relationships and having good relationships and trusted teams beforehand, putting people into it is, is an interesting part. And I've, I've been speaking to a number of different companies now who have got more people who have joined post pandemic than pre who may not still not have met everyone, which is an extraordinary thing to think about sort of 12, 14 months on after, after this has happened. And companies I think have been marvelously innovative in that communication and in that relationship building and, and, and that culture building, which I think is really, really difficult in times like this. And I've heard it done in, in so many different ways. Can you give me some examples of how, how Cloud9 have, because you know, I do think you're right. And every time I've, I've had anything to do with your business over the years, I've always been struck by the sort of, you know, a, a, a high performance, but also a special culture. There are companies there that sort of exude culture and, and, and such, like. And I think you guys do it very, very well. What's what's been some of the sort of, I guess, solutions that you provided to that problem? I mean, I think we've struggled a little bit like everybody else as as
1: COVID started. The interview process is a little different, completely remote. But one thing we did early on is we had weekly town hall meetings where, you know, we had um, updates for everybody. We sort of gave um, everybody a chance to speak. We had people talk about their own experiences so kind of giving uh, people the opportunity to share, you know, not just in the the work or the technology um, knowledge transfer, but share their own experiences. I think that's that was a key to really keeping
0: us tight and, and propagating the culture for the new people that came in. Definitely. And in terms of you and 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 sort of allowing your team specific technology, because I think this is a very different thing from, Tech teams, to sales teams, to marketing teams. Everyone's in a slightly different sort of boat as to as to what people need. Technologists are always going to wanting to be working on interesting projects, and technologists are always going to want to develop and build their skill sets. Have you managed to do that with your team?
1: Well, it's, a, it's a balance. So you know, you have to both innovate, and you also have to maintain and operate systems. Some of that is addressing you know tech, technology debt everybody incurs. Some of that when you're moving quickly. But, you know, we have interesting things to work on. I think we, we've we been developing a lot of new, really cool features. Um, the, the Cloud Hub, you know, that hardware device, it took us uh, quite a while, but that's, um, I think, been very interesting. You know, sort of continue to give people challenges, too. So it's, for me, it's making sure the mundane work is distributed a little bit and the interesting things are, you know, also distributed a little bit. You know, obviously, we have objectives to meet, so we have to... We have to put the right people on the right projects, but there's always opportunity for, to, to grow. And I think as you grow, uh, as, you, as, as, as you grow all all people in the team, it sort of lifts the entire company under it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there's been no shortage of, in, of interesting and challenging problems that you guys have uh, been able to give to the team over the course of the last year or so, which is great. You know, we've talked a little bit about this sort of innovation over the last 12 months or so, which has been stunning. And congratulations again to you guys, because I think it's, uh, you know, I, I love hearing what you guys have done and how, how nimble you've been. Tell me about the future, because look, this, th- things are starting to, you know, t- and I, I say this with a big dose of touch wood, but um, things are starting to settle a little bit. And, you know, we're hopeful that, that uh, you know, with vaccine rollouts going well, both in the UK over here and also with you guys out in the States, that uh, we start to see a, sen- a semblance of normality coming through. I would be very surprised if you were to tell me that that means that the the sort of gold rush is over for uh, for for Cloud Nine Technologies and I know that you know, how ambitious you guys are. What's what's the next sort of phase for you? It, you know as the challenges that customers were, were were seeing before so in such a pronounced manner become you know potentially a little less obvious. What's what's next for Cloud Nine Technologies?
1: Yeah, I think focus on integrations, focus on workflows. So this means going, you know, beyond the trading floor. And certainly, there's there's a lot more room for growth in the traditional voice trading. But if you look at the teams that support traders, you know, there's a back office, there's people that do research, there's um, fulfillment for orders, there's um, also compliance and other teams that hook into that. So I think bringing all those together, you know, enabling a product that has the data output, has the accessibility to that data through APIs meets the security requirements, that extends this well beyond the trading floor. And I think that's where we see a lot of opportunity. Um, it's also on the community side of things. So we have community features, um, which, which is you know our, our community of traders and firms that are with us. And we are looking to innovate there as well to make counterparty discovery easier to um, be able to do things like make recommendations for connections. So those are all things that we're, we're working on now and thinking about. And, you know, just more ways to provide seamless access to this data. I think yeah. that's what firms are asking for. So APIs, you know, data ingestibility, integration with other desktop applications. You know, I think that's, um, that's really where the future is to, to expand beyond
0: just the trading floor. Absolutely agree. This community thing is really interesting to me because I think it's done so well, and and pro- probably uh, best exemplified in in my you know in in my time uh, looking at what Mark Benioff did with Salesforce.com and and uh, how that became a sort of you know a genuine movement and uh, almost cult in terms of of of, uh, of how it, how it developed and grew. What's been the sort of motivation and thought process behind community for you guys?
1: I think think it drives growth, but it also makes our product that much more valuable. You know, when you're able to interact with not just your coworkers or, or not just the people you regularly do business with, but expand beyond that. I mean, it's it's the kind of community features that you might find on, you know, LinkedIn or Facebook. I think those types of things really can connect people that maybe you weren't able to connect with before so much. And that's, you know, that drives Um, opportunity it drives can drive price discovery and I think it just leads to stickiness of our application organic growth throughout uh, within firms and and throughout the financial
0: industry yeah and that evangelism sort of moves on to become a good tool for you and also beneficial for the people who are utilizing it which I I, I love that whole uh, that whole area Uh, This is something which I could dig into for hours and hours and hours and someone who I could just uh, be tapping on for ages. And I know that that's going to be a a show which which runs out of tape at some sort of stage for it. So um, I'd love to have you back on and be talking about some of the challenges. And I I can't wait to hear the next sort of phase for you as as well as uh, what comes next in the whole world of uh, innovation within a a business that I think is, is absolutely personifies that word in itself. People are going to be listening to this and, and really fascinated about what you said, and, and saying that this sounds like some of the problems I'm looking at. And particularly as we look further forward at some of the issues that you're looking to solve ahead of the curve again, who should be talking to you, and, and how do they get best get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, I think you know, really anybody that's looking to be nimble in voice trading, anyone that's looking to move their their voice data and workloads to the cloud. Um, whether it's for disaster recovery, whether it's to move things um, off-prem or, or just to, to be able to start putting, putting your toe in there, to be able to start getting access to the kind of data that you can get through a Cloud Voice solution. So, you know, I would say whether it's tier ones by side, I think we're already talking to
0: most of them, but you know, I think that's who should be reaching out to us if, if they haven't already. Absolutely, and and how best to uh, how best to reach you? Who should they be talking to, and how do they get get in touch?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you know one of the best ways would be through Barry Perkis, who is our uh, global head of sales based in the UK. Um, also, uh, Brian Hunt, who you mentioned has been on the show. I think um, Brian would be a great person to reach out to, or myself. You know, if you want to discuss the technology or or, or dive deeper into that aspect of it.
0: Fantastic. Well, listen, David, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for sharing your time, your wisdom. It's a great story that you guys have, uh, have created over the last year, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that we've got more in store as well. So uh, well worthy of, of the listing and very excited to hear what, you've, uh, what you do next and, and watch the uh, continued multi-award winning growth of a spectacular business. Thanks so much for joining us and, uh, and spending the time today.
1: Yeah, thank you as well. It's been a real pleasure talking to you today.
0: Likewise. And thank you all for watching. We will see you soon on another episode of FinTech Focus TV. Thanks a lot.